Today is November 21st, the 26th Sunday in Pentecost. And our text is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. The title of our message today is, Can I Get a Witness? Back in 1963, Marvin Gaye recorded a minor hit song that became so popular that it was covered at least nine times, including by The Temptations and Lee Michaels, who made it a hit in 1971. The song, Can I Get a Witness? Today's text immediately brought this chorus to mind, and you'll shortly see why. Today John finishes his letter to the congregations in modern-day western Turkey, threatened by the false teachings of Serinthus and his followers. Choosing to self-identify as Christians, this group taught that Christ was not the Son of God who came in the flesh, but merely a spirit that only seemed to be clad in flesh and blood, but that he came to give superior intellectual knowledge by way of which we must ascend to the heavenly realm. John has spent time and energy helping those Christians discern who is the true Christian by two simple tests. One, the person who confesses that the Son of God came in the flesh, died, and rose for our salvation, and two, the person who makes this confession walks as Jesus walks, naturally manifesting or showing in their life, loving others as Christ did. In these last two chapters, John has woven these two tests to show that there are not really two tests, but actually one. The person who confesses that Christ is the Son of God come in the flesh and blood makes that confession by their actions as well as their mouth. To wrap up his letter to these congregations and to us today, he focuses our attention on three keyed words, testimony, faith, and to know. Testimony is our first key word. A testimony, of course, is a witness. As you remember, John was an eyewitness of the risen Lord Jesus, and in his letter, John began by giving witness concerning the life God has given us through the death and resurrection of his Son. John's appeal is to the witness of the apostles, those who ate and drank and conversed with Jesus, those who touched him, saw him die, saw him rise. John wrote, We have seen and testify and announce to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. This he says at the beginning of his letter. Now as we come to the end of this letter, John makes it clear that the eternal life he is bearing witness to is not just a matter of his own or any other man's testimony or witness. I mean, any person's eyewitness account could be doubted by others. So John's appeal for truth grows higher than himself. Indeed, God's own testimony. John writes, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. But for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. You know, in a court of law, truth is based upon the evidentiary witness of those who were there at the event, at the scene. 
even providing material evidence. So, like in a court of law, John is saying, if you don't believe my testimony, next witness, please. Holy Spirit, take the witness stand. Why the Holy Spirit? Because the work of the Holy Spirit is always to bear witness to the truth. It's always to bear witness to Christ. That was the test back in chapter 4, verse 1. Test the spirits. John writes, Jesus Christ is the one who came by water and blood, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three are in agreement. Now when John says this as we read it, it seems cryptic and out of place. Spirit, blood, water... What do you mean, John? John's argument with Serinthus, you'll remember, and all of his followers all along has been against the false teaching that Jesus only seemed to be the Son of God, but was a spiritual vision of sorts, whom the Spirit possessed for a time to teach a higher spiritual knowledge. However, the Holy Spirit was present and testified at Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit bears witness that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. First, then, here is his witness, John 1.32. It says, the, the one on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It's at Jesus' baptism that the Holy Spirit bears witness that Jesus Christ is God's Son. I have both seen and testified that this man is the chosen one of God, and again in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So God himself, through the Holy Spirit, bears witness and claims Jesus, his one true and only Son. Secondly, regarding the blood, Serinthus taught that God, being spirit, could never die or suffer. So he was not actually flesh and blood, but spirit only, but Christ bled and died. He was truly human. The Spirit, therefore, testifies that in the waters of baptism, God claims Jesus is his true and only Son, and the blood testifies that the Son of God was actually flesh and bone, that he became one of us and, on the, and, and was on the cross. He proved that he was truly human, became sinful flesh by spilling his blood but raised triumphant from the dead in righteousness. The Spirit then bears witness to this saving truth through the preaching of the gospel and gives birth to faith. And faith is the second key word. John writes, This is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. And that is our faith in Jesus Christ, not the power of our faith. Not the fact that we have faith, because everyone has faith in something but faith in the testimony that God's Spirit has made through Christ's words, teaching, life, and death, and resurrection. This is the faith that conquers through Christ's resurrection. When God's Word tells us that we are all sinners, fallen since the beginning of creation, we can either justify ourselves and deny that Word, or we know deep down that this is true. 
We look at our actions, our selfishness, our desire to preserve our own life and livelihood over and against others. We realize that we cannot work our own way out of sin, much the same way that it is more likely for a fight to break out at a hockey game than for a hockey game to break out at a fight. We confess our sins, agreeing with God's word that we are lost and condemned creatures separated from the one true God, whose flesh and blood Son goes down into the waters of baptism, setting aside his cloak of righteousness to take on our sinful nature in his baptism and become one of us, and furthermore spills his blood and sacrifice to clothe us with his righteousness through his own resurrection. This is the true faith, says John, as God's Holy Spirit has given witness and as John has taught the one and only true faith that grasps and holds on to the testimony of God's Spirit and to the Apostle's witness. To believe otherwise is to deny the testimony given by God's Holy Spirit in history. You and I carry this testimony in our heart and daily in our lives. John writes, whoever believes in the Son of God has this testimony in himself. You have heard God's testimony concerning his Son, and you have received it. You have been baptized with Christ's baptism. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, who creates and nurtures faith in your heart. You can say in the words of the Catechism, The Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. You have God's testimony within you, telling you that this word is the truth. John's third key word is to know. John addresses his children in Western Turkey and us as well with the phrase, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Many languages have two different words for the word to know. In Spanish, you have conocer and saber. In German, you have kennen and wissen. In French, you have savoir and connaître. Well, in Greek, you have two verbs as well. What do they show? Well, one verb denotes an intellectual or academic, reasonable, rational knowing. The other is a personal, experiential, Taste, touch, smell, experience of knowing. It's relational. You know a scientific fact or a philosophical postulation is one form of knowledge. You know a person is to experience them, have a relationship with them. That's another word for knowledge. Throughout his letter, John uses the personal, experiential, relationship word for know, and with good reason. Testimony and resulting faith are based upon a relationship with Christ. John wants Christians to be sure that their salvation is not based on Serinthus's superior academic, intellectual knowledge, or philosophical speculation. Serinthus uses the word ginosko in Greek, whereas John uses the word oida. It is God's Spirit who brings us to faith through God's Word, not superior intelligence or proof. In baptism, we are clothed with Christ's righteousness and given eternal life because God brings us into a relationship with him, calling us and making us his children by his choice. 
John wants his readers, he wants you, and he wants me to know that it is because God first loved us and continues to love us daily by forgiving our sins as we live with the anointing of baptism and follow him in our daily lives. Eternal life in his Son. This is the gift God has provided for us and for the whole world. This is the testimony that God gives to all his people in one saving gospel. It is the one and only truth that can give life to mortal sinners. It's really this simple. Whoever has the Son of life, says John, whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Dear friends, you have life. You have eternal life. Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has placed you in the palm of his Father's hands. Christ Jesus, your Savior, has you in the palm of his hand, and he will never let you go. The Holy Spirit bears witness of God's love and mercy through his word, the Bible, and has brought you to faith in Christ. He has brought you into the light, and there you walk in him. John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. John wants you to know, to experience the true joy of life with confidence and a spring in your step that you now have and live in eternal life in his Son. Can you get a witness that you are a true Christian? You sure can. The Spirit testifies through the blood of God's only Son, Jesus Christ, and by the washing of water and his word and baptism, that you are saved. In him you have and now lead a new life, walking with your Savior. Amen. <laughs>